0: The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran. And now, here's Johnny.
1: Hello, and welcome to the How's Your Father podcast. Um, if you have been listening up till now, you would have heard me talk to the likes of Doc Brown, Kyle Donnelly, Russell Kane, all about their experiences of fatherhood and. If you are coming to, you know, you've got, you've got a bit of a, a taste for high-quality guests on this podcast, well, fear not, because I will not let you down. For this week, I have none other than the multi-talented, absolute awesome comic... Spencer Jones. Give
0: it up. Hey, che- I just cheered myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be, be when I say give it up, it's you, Spencer, matey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm so good. Yay <laughs> how, how are you, Spencer? Are you okay? I'm alright, mate. I'm good. Um I'm uh, I've got a uh, i just yeah locked down with everybody else really squashed and squeezed, um, but in, enjoying it when I can.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Do you, know, do you know the thing about like lockdown? I think that sometimes people are afraid to admit that they are actually liking elements of lockdown.
0: Do you find that as well, mate? At the start. I ain't going to lie to you, when I started getting emails from the agent saying gigs had pulled, I was I was literally just like dancing around my kitchen, <laughs> going, I don't have to drive there, I don't have to drive there, yes! And then you're kind of like, oh, this is lovely, this is just hanging around at home. But then I realised that's what I do mainly anyway. L- last week I was like, this is absolute bullshit now. Um, and, um, and now I don't know where I am, sometimes I'm loving it, sometimes I'm not. Um, but I've, I've loved coming together as a family unit, I've really loved that. Oh, you've got your political message out there, haven't you, eh? Like running for president
1: (laughs) next year, yeah, Spence. Uh, (laughs) Just family unit. I'm all about that. 2.4 children and, Mm. you know, yeah, absolutely. White picket fence. Let's go. (laughs) Um, So, Spencer, um, you are a father. I am. Um, How many children are you a
0: father to? I have a uh, seven-year-old boy called Sonny with an O, Sonny or Sonny, and I have a five-year-old woman child called Winona. Oh, they're
1: tricky, them women, Charles. Actually,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You got to watch mm-hmm. out for those ones.
1: Now, um, <laughs> did you always see yourself, envisage yourself being a dad?
0: Um, I did. I totally and utterly didn't. Um, I was too busy floating around being silly in my twenties and most of my thirties, and um, uh, but then when I met, uh, when I met Ruth, I um, it, it totally felt like the right thing to do because she's so, she was so amazing and cool and funny and all those things and. I was just like, oh, yeah, actually, I could actually do that thing. So, um, yeah, we talked about it and then we cracked on, yeah. <laughs> so
1: so it wasn't, uh, in in your situation, it wasn't one person wanting uh, children more than the other because we also get those kinds of cases
0: quite a lot. It was one of those things where I kind of started, I did the maths one night, you know, like, can you kind of go, how old will I be when I'm a granddad? <laughs> so, if, OK, I'm it, so they'll be 20, they have a kid. Oh, God, I'm going to be a really old granddad. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be an old granddad anyway in a lot of people's uh, eyes, but I kind of did the maths and, I, and we spoke, me and Ruth spoke a lot about it. And um, one of the things we spoke about, because um, uh, I was in therapy at the time, my therapist said, you should speak to her about, uh, find out what will happen if you were to split up. And I thought, well, that's a terrible thing to speak about. But we did. We said, what would happen if we have kids and then we do, you know, the, the awful thing happens and we, and we split up. And we talked about how we'd work that. Not kind of like the logistics and stuff, but it just from talking to her about how we might handle the worst case scenario, which is us two breaking up. And it even felt like, even if that happened, we were going to be okay. And so, for my, at that time, knowing what, with the limited knowledge I had at the time, I was like, okay, this is enough for me. You know, I can be good if we're together and if we're apart, we can still be good. So, that feels like a weird thing to say. That is so
1: on point with regards to my own experiences. So if you're talking about that kind of insecurity, because I'm I'm from a, I don't want to say broken home, but my parents were divorced, you know, I grew up with my uh, mum. And when you're grown up in that household, you cannot, you can't help but have to run the scenario of what if, you know, history repeats and we break up and where's Mm. our son going to get raised, you know. Um, And... One of the things that made me feel most comfortable about having a child with my fiance was the idea that I think I had to feel that she was actually a good person and there wasn't going to be, you know, some irrevocable split where there was going to be nastiness on both sides, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that made me feel a lot comfortable. So the way that you've put that was actually, I thought, brilliant, because it, I think a lot of guys out there will be thinking along the same lines
0: yeah i i think if you really love them and and they're they' they're good people if you're well, if your partner is a good person then and you' and you're absolutely sure of that then everything else I think think falls into place and lucky enough I met someone who was who was a goodie you know what I mean so I just <laughs> jumped at the chance it was like a no-brainer you know i, I mean I, I've, I've talked about this in one of my Edinburgh shows but I, the one thing we hadn't done uh before we had kids was we hadn't looked after a little life like so I thought you know what I will go and I bought a budgie without telling her. And I thought let's just see how this kind of changes the dynamic because me and her we were seeing, you know, we were together, we were free and, you know, just doing whatever we wanted to do. And I thought let's just chuck a little thing into this relationship and see how we were. And so I bought this budgie home and I took it home and she was like what the hell is this? <laughs> and within we a couple of weeks it was like it was obvious that she, you know, it, it, we had arguments about what it should be called or where the cage should be or those that kind of little things but it so felt like, I think it sounds,
1: who was doing the night feed spencer
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had that on a what well, they call that a gravity uh, a gravity feeder for birds. <laughs> oh nice yeah so i just thought you know ruth's the best person i've ever met and so I, and so why would you not have kids with her? that was the thought at the time obviously i've changed that now it's a complete nightmare <laughs> 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 it's not it's not
1: for some of the listeners who may not uh, be familiar with your work... I, I, Most of them. I, no, no, not at all. I mean, it, more and more now. So they might have seen you from Herbert uh, um on BBC Two. Um, also yeah. Mr Winner. Um, yep. So, you know, you're breaking through now, brother. You're breaking through mainstream, eh, and all of that. But yeah. um, they yeah. may also know you from being an absolute sensational stand-up. And I'm not blowing up uh, smoke up your arse here. In terms of live act, in terms of... Because comedians hate watching other comedians. We'll let you in on that. We'll let you behind the curtain. In terms of, a lot of the time, comedians won't laugh at other comedians. For me, personally, you're at least... You're top three for me to in the whole in the whole country. You're absolutely hilarious. Wow! Crazy, really? Like. Well, there Absolute you go. sensational act. Oh, bless you. <laughs> so, so obviously with your uh, stand up, I've uh, seen your Edinburgh shows as well. Um, you do reference um, your children in your yeah. within your shows, and and somewhat because yours, I would say, your style is a bit off the wall and a yeah. little bit um, abstract. And it almost seems playful in a, in a kind of child's like like a child's mind, and I don't mean that I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean you oh. know it's, it's child playfulness. So is that something that you take into your um,
0: the way you father? Um, I'm a, quite a, my mum. My mum was very strict with me, very 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 strict, and I'm quite strict with my kids about sort of politeness and you know being a nice person and stuff. But I do think. I worry sometimes that I'm too strict and so as a result when I go silly we go we go all out do you know what I mean <laughs> um, we, I don't hang about I'll quite happily pour a bottle of water I've made in a restaurant to get a laugh at my children um, <laughs> and then deal with the consequences afterwards um, yeah and I, I think yeah being silly is, the, is uh, around kids they want to see someone who can have a laugh and not be too serious especially at this age I know it's going to change as they get older I'm only like a few years in really in the grand scheme of things but they've helped me out by me being nicking their sort of silly stuff and putting it on stage and um, and it's definitely uh, yeah it's it's funny it's it's silly what am, I, what am i trying to say here it's a good side to have as a parent i think be, it's being really silly and stupid um they love that they get enough of being told off you know in other ways <laughs> yeah one of the aspects that i think a lot of you know
1: dads listening out there will be you know, feeling the pressure to be that authoritarian, you know, um, to make sure that you're teaching your kids. Obviously, you still got to teach your kids well and stuff, but to be the, the, the ruling forces, you know. And mm. so I guess what you're saying as well is it's so important to get that, you know, silly side across.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, they they, they create most of my my best stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll come in, like, what's she been doing recently? She She's... <laughs> We right, so we we I had this car once, and he basically every time we put this, it was a posh car, right? And every time we put the roof down, my my son went champagne, and it got a big <laughs> laugh in the family. And then I said, "Oh, it's a good catchphrase." Then the miss, the the daughter's like, "What's the catchphrase?" And I said, oh, "It's something you say every now and again to get a laugh, you know, and you can keep saying it and you'll get a laugh." So her catchphrase now is. The word catchphrase, she'll she'll, she'll say catchphrase, but she was, she was using it way too much, like so, so much for, you know, she was four at the time. I said, look, you're overusing your catchphrase. Um, You've got to hold back. Just just use it sparingly because otherwise it will lose its impact. You know, you need to sort of keep that fun with your catchphrase. She went, OK, Daddy. And she walked off, took, sat on the toilet to do a poo, with the door open and just went, catchphrase, and shut the door in my face. <laughs>
1: got a laugh. Got a big yeah, laugh. Yeah, got a laugh. Yeah,
0: and proved me wrong. Proved me wrong, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not at, even at the talking stage in our family yet with um, regards to my son. How's yours? He's eight, eight months old. Beautiful. And uh, it's just Well, he's eight months this in a couple of days. And his word selection ranges from he can say mum we don't even know whether he's actually talking about his actual mother at this point he's just you know and weirdly the only other word he can say is pub (laughs) Um, now i don't know what that says about me and my drinking he's obviously counting but um you know the fact that i wouldn't mind if that was taken in isolation but if i ever have a beer and he's near me he reaches out for the beer and tries to drink it like (laughs) if we are dealing with the scenario, we're not saying it does happen, but of reincarnation... I'm pretty sure that my son is like Phil Mitchell from East End and he's coming back. He wants to hit the bottle again, you know. So, pub and mum, that, that's where he started
0: off. Uh, um, my my, um, my uh, boy, when he was, before he could even speak, he, you know, when they make sort of noises, uh, uh, he accidentally said in the night, I need you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, and it was absolutely weird. So weird. <laughs> I, I need you. Said it in the right way. Said it the right. He did need her. He needed feeding. Yeah. (laughs) I need you. That
1: is absolutely hilarious. I would be (laughs) weirded out like he's been possessed if someone starts dropping "I need you." In I reckon a few, a few parents would go, "Oh my god, we've got a genius. We've got an absolute genius." (laughs) (laughs) I, I um tried to take the bottle away from my son the other day, and Mm. um he just literally went no.
0: I was like, "What? You're not talking. Surely, you're not going to be doing that." Have you ever done that thing like people do sign language with them? Have you read about this and this? Yeah, you yeah, can... I, I, yeah. I
1: do it via baby sensory. So I go to baby sensory classes with my mm. son, and uh, they teach us a little song which is like, "Say hello to the sun," and I do the signs as mm. I go through. So he kind of knows that, but that's ah. the limits to my uh, signing.
0: Yeah, my, my, uh, I think ours was um, train, cat, and food. That's the only three he learned um, before um, before he could speak. That's a little thing actually. We 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 can't remember the movement of his hand, what it was, and we me and Ruth are gutted because there was three very specific movements, and we never filmed them. The ca- doing cat's
1: them. the whisker, right? Cats his
0: whiskers. Ah. Okay, yeah, 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 fingers I like mean, that. what you want to do is, you know,
1: late at night when BBC's, you know, dead and that little Ooh. geezer pops up in the bottom corner, stick him in front of that and say, check it out and then come back to me afterwards.
0: <laughs> so I've started doing that with subtitles now. If he's watching a programme, it's got subtitles on so he can read it as well, just in case he has a little look down. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Work. it probably brings <laughs> us on to the reality that um, right now everyone's in lockdown and... Um, mm. Parents, I think, and fathers in particular, are going to have um, a lot more pressure on them to be homeschooling as well as being, you know, that fun and silly parent as well as, you know, the rule giver. Um, how have you had to
0: approach the whole homeschooling issue? Well, about two months before the school shut, we actually took him out of school um, because he wasn't happy in school. And we got to have done it. And we, so we started, we'd already started homeschooling him. Um, his, his sister's still there and she loves it. So the question about how, how is it going, it was a kind of a weird one because we were kind of a, a couple of months into it before everyone else started. This is, I mean, this is a whole can of worms, Johnny. Um, when you say you've, you're taking your kid out of school, a lot of people are like, well, who do you think you are? Do you think you can t- teach your kid? And I'm like, I don't think I can, no. But it was really unhappy in school and, uh, and so I'm just going to have to learn how to teach my kid. So my, I, I, at the minute I'm just trying to teach him to read well and to be able to do maths and then hopefully his interests, he'll, he can kind of read up about stuff and learn, you know, learn in, in that kind of way. And when we get to the whole GCSE thing, we'll kind of, or whatever it is, that, you know when, when he gets that old, we'll kind of cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, it, we've been doing a bit of reading in the morning, um, which he moans about, but he does it and his reading's okay. Um, but I'm probably not the best person to ask because I'm a bit, I'm a little bit worried about how the schools teach kids, um, or are being asked or forced by the government to teach kids at the minute. This is where I, I always swore I'd never get political, <laughs> but right, yeah. There's there's some ways that that that, that, that primary schools seem to be being forced um, to operate to test kids and to uh, you know um, put kids under pressure too early on. Um, yep. And sort of put them into sort of categories of ability. Um, sure. So, yeah, so I'm not a pressure, I'm not excited. sort of worried, oh, are we keeping you up to speed? You know, because for my money, all the kids are going to be having bad homeschooling at the minute, and everyone's going to come back as the same sort of intelligence as they went in. (laughs) (laughs) He said,
1: well, probably... Well, they'll probably come back lower intelligence and better at Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone will be...
0: But everyone, yeah, but everyone will be. So it's all at leave and kill, you know what I mean?
1: Pretty much adults as well, you know. For me, I'm... Um, getting through it as a parent, but I'm definitely getting better at Xbox. My FIFA skills, mate, come on. You know I mean, Real deal. Might not win the Dad of the Year awards, but I'll tell you what, I'll get some Ultimate Team stuff going on. <laughs> no, it's fascinating, actually. I mean, I always like to, you know, when we chat to people for it to be organic, but when you... Think about the educational aspect. You know, you've touched on the point, which I think a lot of um, parents will feel out there, um, will feel very similar to you, in terms of the fact that education doesn't meet the needs of um, everyone. And again, this is our own opinions. This isn't, you know, something that we're telling everyone the situation is. We're not telling everyone to homeschool, but it works for different people. Um, so, yeah, there will be some... Uh, parents who don't feel like ed- the education system actually meets their child's needs. Not everyone learns in that linear fashion, uh, yeah. and not everyone is going to end up going for the kinds of vocations that you know school kind of primes you for. Is that something mm. that you personally, when you were in school, you experienced, or uh, was that not applicable to
0: your situation? <laughs> I, well, I went to a I went to a lot of different schools. Um, we moved around a lot, um, and. I wasn't particularly academic at school, and my mum never really sort of chased me up to do homework or anything like that. The only thing she encouraged, or I got, a, you know, a definite sort of steer from her, were like sticking up for myself to bullies when I started new school. So I always got a well done if I'd if I'd had a fight with someone bigger than me and lost. You <laughs> know, I, I think I won two fights out of ninety. Um, um, but she was always like, yeah, good. You stick up for yourself. And the other thing was with the sort of singing and the acting, she'd always really sort of say, you're, you're good at that. You should keep doing that. But with regards to sort of like, you know, maths or anything like that, she wasn't able to teach me how to do it at home with homework. So it wasn't really pushed, um, at all as a thing. And so it wasn't something I had when I was growing up. So I didn't, I don't feel like I need to have it now. I think, um, Kids are smart. You know, different different parts of the world kids start learning at different ages, you know. So um, I don't think that answers yeah. the question. I feel like I've gone round circles. No, it's it's
1: it's more like, you know, in general, looking at the fact that schooling, you know, the whole education system in general doesn't necessarily meet the needs of all the children. And, and mm. there will be some dads listening to this and, 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 and mums, if, if they're listening as well, who maybe has a child that is just not getting on in school and not... You know, um, basically being able to be as su- successful within the schooling system as they as any as everyone might like, so yeah. they might be looking for other solutions out of it. And you know, at the end of the day, they might end up being a comedian like the rest of yeah, us, of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't I work was... out. You've always got comedy, your jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I think. I think my my answer would be I was wildly average at school, um, just in the middle, um, got away with it, kind of thing. You know. And uh, slipped under the radar. Enjoyed art, the art stuff, you know, like, uh, drawing and drama and music and stuff. But no, not really that good. I think, uh, I think, I, I, my my GCSE maths, I was going to get an E. And I had to stay with my mate, Steve Carter, who was very good at maths for the two weeks just before the exam, because my uh, f- my family went on holiday. And he taught me how to pass the exam, and I got a C. <laughs>
1: Shout um, out to Steve Carter. Yes, Steve Naughty, naughty, Car- mate. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> yeah, yeah. genius. Um, to kind of bring it back to the lockdown, which a lot of parents are having to struggle with one way or another. Um mm. The thing is, I don't think many parents... In some ways, are used to being in such close proximity to their kids. Like, and I know that might sound a weird comment to make, but if you're a dad or a mum who's used to working five days a week, you know, heading into the office, you yeah. forget after a while that you come home, you do, you spend your time on your weekends. Then you have a very separate life. When that doesn't. When that's not afforded to you, that kind of outside space, and you're just locked in, you realise what it's a completely different kettle of fish, you know. So, um, yeah, do you, do you mm. feel that? Mm. I, I know we mentioned about homeschooling, but in general, do you feel that uh, it's kind of bro- it's challenged your family in a different way, or brought the best out of you? This close close proximity over this
0: long long time. I, I, th- I think as it has brought us together, um, and we are working as a bit more of a team now. Like that kind of, you know, um, having to be in the same room and stuff and having to make the days fun all the way through, or at least not boring. Um, I think it's been good. It's been really nice. Um, But as you say, you you do realise that little bit of time away, you really need it. So I'll happily stay up till two in the morning after everyone's gone to bed and watch a couple of episodes of, I don't know, what is it at the minute, Geary Haji, the Japanese thing, and uh, Japanese crime thing, even though I should go to bed because I'm knackered, but I want that little bit of time on my own. So as long as I think you grab little bits on your own, if you can, then actually the time spent with your kids is great. Um, I know a lot of people are like, I can't wait to get back, they're doing my editing and all that, but I've tried not to be that as a dad as much as possible. Um... And people sort of say like oh, the terrible twos and stuff, I, I always, well, from speaking to older men who'd been through it, they always said to me, make the most of it, make the most of it, this young age. And so I think it's about just being. I'm trying to just be positive and uh, and have a good time and enjoy them while they're the age they are, because they're not going to be like it forever. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, the thing is, is
1: when you have fathers talking to each other you know at different stages and and like you say I've had many people saying enjoy it now you know but Mm. you know the reality I found is I do I love it and I you know I couldn't be happier as a dad but there are days where I'm like or or periods within a day where I'm like oh give us a break you know I mean and I think one of the things I've learned to do is allow myself to just feel a bit Fucked off with it all, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Like, give, a, give it a rest, mate. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because that doesn't mean that I'm. You know any less in love with my son, or any less happy, it just means that he hasn 't shut up for an hour, please stop, you know <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it does uh, let you learn about your family and and and, and your coping mechanisms as well and yeah. um it, it's it's been it 's been, been eventful so far, rather like a uh, interrogation. Uh, would be eventful so um, similar kinds of pressures on the soul um so um you've got two children that are uh separate ages how do you find that they interact with each other are you in a house where they're rowing all the time or are they actually quite
0: um you, you know pally i think they're doing all right actually um i mean they do obviously have massive epic battles um and it usually ends with Sonny being sent to his room because he's hit his little sister. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And it's that little moment you hear that, you hear that, and then you, there's a silence, and then there's <laughs> there's that moment you go there's the gap, and here it comes. Um, but they've been pretty good. They like, they don't have um, tablets and, and playstations and stuff yet, and we're trying to sort of hold that off as long as we can. Uh, and they're pretty good. Like you can like, you kind of listen in on their little games they're playing. And you can hear their little sort of um, little, uh, little, uh, little uh, what it, negotiations. Will you come and play Mummies and Daddies with me for half an hour, and then maybe I'll come and maybe smash up some Lego with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay then. And then, and then, but then one of them sort of plays. You know, then, then. But you said you were gonna after we did Mummies and Daddies. Ah! <laughs> someone, someone goes back on the deal. But they've been pretty good. Although yesterday, we heard him go. Do you, um, do you want to come upstairs and um, hit the? Um, Hit the mattress with me. I let him watch Rocky the other day and he started hitting mattresses. And she went, okay. And then they went upstairs and they were silent. And then we started hearing this burning. We sort of of sensed this smell of burning. What the fuck is that? We go upstairs, he's got a lighter. He's found a lighter and he's he's burning the rug. He's just going, look at this. And she stood there and obviously I went absolutely ape. Uh, And then, right, in your room now, me me and your mother are going downstairs to discuss your punishment. (laughs) Because <laughs> I didn't want to go too wild to start with, but, you know, obviously I had to discard the I had this. Um, so we went downstairs and I remembered, I'm going off on the sidetrack now, but I remember my mum catching me, when we used to live in this little farm, burning uh, it had a, a fireplace and I was sending A4 sheets. I'd put an A4 sheet over this fire and then it would instantly all catch a light and it would all go whew, straight up the chimney. And she caught me doing it and she made me... She wouldn't let me watch my favourite programme for two weeks. But I lied to her and said my favourite programme was Blue Peter and she believed me. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically I'm sat there, oh, really? I have to watch Green Shield and not Blue Peter? Oh, oh God. no. Yeah, I was yeah. going to make something this week. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that so, cereal box I had? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So so I said to Richard, so what do we do? said, so, OK, no it telly for two days. He can't go fishing this week even if it's good weather. And I'm going to make him watch a video of a bedroom on fire. Uh, from the, It sounds a bit awful when you say it like that. You're going to watch the bedroom <laughs> burning. In no, real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. my next door neighbours haven't made it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to teach him, though. Yeah. So, so I, found this, um, I, said, I found this video. My brother, who's a firefighter, said, watch um, this. And he gave me a little thing. And I watched this um, room slowly catch fire and he watched it and then at the end he went hang on a minute who's filming this and why are they not putting out the fire i said no, it's, it's no it's filmed by the fire brigade what they're just going to let it burn no yeah no ah th- oh, for god's sake he's well he's well happy cuz he's getting to watch something which i've just told him he can't he's now watching television he's watching a fire burning so um yeah they've been they've been testing but um it's been good
1: <laughs> that sounds like the When when a pyromaniac is getting interviewed in (laughs) twenty years time, he's going to go, "Well, my dad sat me down and we watched burning rooms. Got a taste (laughs) of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 (laughs) I I liked it. I liked it."
0: (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
1: One of the things that we spoke to Doc Brown about when he was on it, it was a, the whole aspect of raising a girl child, as you put it earlier, uh, I think. Woman child, um, yeah. yeah. What would you say, uh, having been a parent to both boy and a girl, what would you say are the kind of different challenges that you found raising uh, a little daughter? Uh,
0: well, obviously, all children are different. But in my experience with my one, um, my daughter is um, smarter, cleverer, um, <laughs> it's weird because Sonny was first and kind of all our energy was on him. And then when the baby, the new baby comes, the dad obviously, you know, can't help in physically in a lot of ways with feeding and all those kind of things. So you kind of sort of, I got to myself sort of sidetracked to my son. And then this little human started to kind of really chip in and be hilarious um she's funnier than him she's she is funnier than him uh and i think she's just kind of watched us and how the three of us interact you know the the mum and the dad and the older brother and then she's just gone sussed it all out and about you know when she was about three she just went there we go i'm on i'm on board with this now and i can outdo (laughs) all of you the differences are he's nuts she's nuts but they're both nuts in different ways they're 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 a law unto themselves and to try and sort of catch it into one sort of statement, which kind of sums it up, wouldn't Wouldn't do the pair of them justice. <laughs>
1: oh, 100%. And I also don't think, you know, we're, we're certainly not on this podcast trying to be like, girls are like this, boys are like that. No, you know? no. It's more actually to do with the fact that, as a dad, how mm. we feel the kind of different pressures to parent differently. You know, right, maybe right. the boy is a bit reckless, you know, oh, yeah, go on, lads, get in there. Whereas, oh, look at her princess. You know, I don't know... Not everyone parents in that way, but a lot of I think um, fathers do. You know, daddy's little girl, but this kid's a slugger. Um, yeah, yeah, this kid's watching. You know, I mean, I've got him at five years old watching
0: bedrooms burning down. You know, I'm training him. <laughs> right, so, um, I, I, but yeah, I, I remember saying to Ruth, there was, was a few few months ago, we were talking about all these kind of things that we're talking about now. You know. Um, the schooling and their friends and how to interact and making sure that they're going to be grown up to be decent people and trying to get them ready for the world. And I just turned to her and said, as long as she's ready for the apocalypse, I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just sort of said it flippantly. And then when that's, a, that's an idea there. Like, is my daughter ready for the apocalypse? You know, like this sort of stuff about, you know, the, you know, little princess, you know, the, you know, wearing pink and um, being ladylike and all those kind of things. I always yep. try to congratulate her for anything she does that's um, more bo- boysy and this will sound like I'm a groovy gang parent, but it's true where anyone sort of says anything is gender specific, like, you know, oh, you know, you can't do that or, you know, boys do that or girls do that or boys wear that or girls wear that. We go, no, 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 that's not true, actually. You know, yep. boys can do that, but, you know, and we're, we're on top of those little things, but not in a kind of preachy way, I think. So I do find myself every and again going, oh, okay, that's. This is, um, this is me trying to make sure she's not a twat in the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, or he's he, not he, a twat he, in the future, yeah. I guess something that drives all dads is the
1: ability, in most cases, to be better than your parents. Not to say that they didn't do a good job, but everything's an attempt to either match them or improve them, because why would you want to get worse? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So um, <laughs> if there are some things that were based on that era that were, we look at, you know a bit scornfully now and rightly so then it's right that we try to make those adjustments do you know what i yeah, mean
0: yeah 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 I, I i think and as well like those but also recognize those good bits that our parents did do do you know that sort of slightly that's a lot of slightly naughty dad who, who wouldn't say you'd well done unless it was actually properly well done do you know what i mean those little sort of <laughs> that hardness you know that as well which they need so very gently gently but also some some tough tough love as well i think
1: What emphasis would you say uh, there is on dads being more emotionally available for their children and being able to kind of talk in a way that perhaps previously fathers weren't really expected to do?
0: Yeah, I I think my dad certainly wasn't um, anything like that. And my mum as well, really. I think it's quite. I mean, they love me. There's no doubt about that. But um, the chats and stuff, that being approachable. I think I was listening to your Doc Brown podcast and. About being approachable is very important, and so you do have to kind of. I kind of have to turn off my the geezer in me that goes, "Oh, shut up! Stop fucking moaning! Grow a pair!" <laughs> All those kind of things that have been said to me for years, and have a little, you know, what's my new version of this? And I think, yeah, it feels like people talk about it a lot more, but it might just be that we're noticing it more because we're dads. Um. Um. I. I mean. I. I've openly, I openly—I mean, I'll—I'll I'll cry in front of my son if I watch a program that makes me upset. You know, I won't sort of hide it and stuff, and he'll come and give me a cuddle. And most of the time, when he cuddles me, he goes, "Are you thinking about your dad, who's dead?" I go, "Yeah, I'm not actually, mate. No, <laughs> but I am now." <laughs> and yeah, now you've made me cry again. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm—we, you know—we talk about feelings and stuff in the house, and—and um, and I do cry in front of him because sod it, uh, I can't be bothered to leave the room.
1: So, Spencer, one of the things that you might have heard on the uh, previous apps, uh, in general, a kind of feature on the pod is where I ask each guest to give a bit of uh, advice to the dads that are listening out there in a feature we call Get Your Tips Out For The Dads. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't sing it in full geezer mode, so bear please, with please. me, caller. Get your tips out, get your tips out, get your tips out for the dads. Spencer.
0: Lovely. Um, my tip is, and I don't usually give out tips, but it's something I'm realising now is filming them um, as much as you can, get pictures, shoot videos, shoot videos, more just keep shooting it when they're young um because when you the more you've got to look at when they get older the better um that's what i've found um that's not about that's that's more of a selfish thing so that you can cherish those kind of weird beautiful little moments we haven't got enough of our kids i wish we had more um so that would be my advice film them take photos and uh yeah so you can look back when you're older <laughs>
1: I think that's a fantastic... Do you know what? It might seem a little bit, you know, kind of uh, a, a kind of base level tip, but it's actually a very, very good point. And you're the second person to say it um, in, in this kind of setting. When I um, literally first held my son after he was delivered, the mm. um, surgeon come over, you know, and we had a very stressful birth as well. Mm. I didn't do most of it, granted, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the surgeon come over and went, take loads of pictures and... I have stood by that. I think it's so, so important. Oh. I think that's a great point. And also, if you are hoping to get their modeling career kicking off, you know, they've got to help pay the bills. Let's face it, we don't even know what the economy is going to be looking like soon. So exactly. take loads of pictures and get it out to casting agents.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Johnny,
1: absolutely. So Spencer, are uh, uh, Mr. Winner or Herbert um, on
0: iPlayer still? They are, yeah. Mr. Winner is on iPlayer. Um, don't watch episode six first. Uh, watch episode one first for some reason. A lot of people watch the last episode first. It's a lovely sitcom with um, some lovely people. It Maybe it's lovely by some lovely people as well. Um, and then Herbert Clunkedunk is my kind of weird thing. Uh, have, have a watch <laughs> definitely in. have a watch you will get to know the inner
1: workings of Spencer Jones' mind if you watch Herbert thank you so much for coming on the pod uh, you've been a wonderful guest and um, yeah I think you has been really helpful listening to your viewpoint on the whole issue and uh, the whole aspect of fatherhood so thanks very
0: much bless you Johnny thank you lovely to do it (laughs) cheers mate on the next how's your father podcast
1: stand-up comedian Nico Yearwood my son still takes a midday nap and that is just a dream like when you lose those naps man heartbreaking to be honest you've said they stopped napping and that's just rocked my world (laughs) I need need that nap man I need that that nap for good
0: Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv Imagine
1: the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.